Well, hello, YouTube Power Hour Squad. Erica here with a replay episode for you. So if you're brand new to the YouTube Power Hour podcast and you have a YouTube channel or you're thinking about starting a YouTube channel or you want to expand your business and influence online using YouTube, then this is a podcast for you. And for my returners, welcome back. This is a replay episode because I take a little bit of a break in between seasons to focus on my boot campers that are in the Zero to Influence YouTube boot camp. And for those of you that are new, that is my boot camp where I help women find clarity with their purpose on YouTube and help them discover their best selves. So they bring their best, most unique, most magnetic self to camera. So my philosophy with YouTube is we build your YouTube channel from the inside out. So if you are interested in joining the bootcamp, I am going to be running another one in 2019. Date will be released. And if you want information on that, you can head to ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp. But in the meantime, I am replaying some of the favorites for you guys so that if you're new, you can get introduced to the podcast. And if you're returning, some of these are some of the best episodes, most downloaded. So you get a chance to listen to the amazing goodness all over again. So one big ask that I asked of you guys is my big goal for 2019 is to be one of the top 10 marketing podcasts and business podcasts on iTunes. But I need your help. I know a lot of you guys love the podcast and you share it, but I need your help to get even bigger and better so that I can do more things with the podcast. So if you are on Instagram, share it in your stories, share it in your posts, tag me, tell a friend, tell Facebook groups. If you write for a blog, mention it there and help the YouTube Power Hour podcast get to the top 10 so that I can bring lots of big things for you guys. But still, I have some amazing guests that are lined up for you guys already. I'm super pumped. Going to be recording all new episodes. So hang tight for the new episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, leave a review if you haven't before. That also helps with the ranking on iTunes and helping more and more people discover this podcast. Enjoy the interview. This week, we've got Katie Dunlop of Love Sweat Fitness. And I have Katie and her husband, Ryan, on the show. The two of them do work together for the Love Sweat Fitness. So although Katie's a face, I thought it was fitting to have Ryan on because he's a pretty integral part of their whole business. So I'll give you a little bit of background on Katie. So Katie Dunlop of Orange County, California, is a creator of Love Sweat Fitness, a women's health and fitness community focused on making fun and effective workouts accessible to everyone. After going through her own 45-pound weight loss journey, Katie has created a wonderful and motivating community, reaching more than half a million women through her social media pages and hot body guides. So what's really great about Katie and Ryan is that they're making a business out of being influencers online. So they're very, very prevalent on Instagram and on YouTube. And we talk a lot about kind of the difference between 
being on Instagram and YouTube and which is maybe better or not. So it's a very informative episode in that regard. And also because they have really good business minds that we talk a lot about that as well. So I really hope that you enjoy the episode. The show notes are beautyinthevlog.com, love, sweat, fitness, beautyinthevlog.com forward slash love, sweat, fitness. Well, without further ado, here is our interview. Hello, Katie and Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so glad to have, you know, Katie, I'm trying to get more, we're doing more lifestyle and fitness people on. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on the show. And I think Ryan, that it's great that you're hopping on too, because you do a lot of the tech side of things, business side of things. And that's just such a part of the whole influencer experience that is just so important. So thank you both of you guys for being on. Yeah, thank you. We're really excited. All right. So the first question that I ask anybody that comes on the podcast is why did you decide to get onto YouTube? So for me, I'd gone through a 45 pound weight loss journey and transformation and all the ups and downs that go along with that. And as I met more and more women and through that began teaching fitness classes. And the more people I talked to, you know, I just realized that there's so many women struggling with the same things I went through. And I love teaching and I really wanted to be able to help more women on a larger scale and YouTube and Instagram and other platforms just seemed like the perfect place to be able to do that. Yeah. So how long ago did you start your, I know when we talked a little bit before the call, you started your Instagram first. So tell us about that process, like how long ago you started the Instagram and then, um, you know, and then from there. Yeah. So I started, um, the love sweat fitness Instagram account in the beginning of 2014. And that was, you know, when I first had this idea of kind of doing this as a hobby and I had started posting on my personal, but I'm sure I was inundating my friends and family with way too much fitness motivation. So I just wanted a different place to be able to do that. So that's where the Instagram account kind of came from and the name. And that was the original birth of Love Sweat Fitness. Gotcha. And then, so at the time, were you working? Were you working in fitness? Were you, you know, what were you doing at that time? Yeah. So I was actually um, teaching full time. I did reading intervention. And then I also taught fitness classes after my full time job because I had just started to fall in love so much with that. And one class a week turned into two to five and then eventually 15. And I started doing that full time. Oh, wow. So you were a teacher before? Yeah, I did reading. I taught reading. Yeah. Okay. And then you just got super into fitness because of this journey of losing weight. Yep. And then you just got onto Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram really became a place that I felt like I could share, even just for the girls that were taking my class, share more workouts and share more inspiration on the days I wasn't teaching my fitness classes. Um, And that was really the original intent of it. And from there it blossomed. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that process of your Instagram kind of growing and all that? Okay. So, um, I mean, really originally it was just trying to get my friends and family to start following me on this new account versus my personal account. And I had my transformation photo. So when I had taken them and when I'd started my own fitness journey, I never in a million years imagined it would be something I would love that I would stick to because it hadn't ever happened in the past, let alone a career. So 
Luckily, I had had my mom take a photo way back when. And so I started sharing my progress photos, my transformation and motivation. And that had kind of got picked up by some other larger fitness accounts. And that was in the days of just mad hashtagging everything on Instagram and searching. And then so were you already had you already lost that 45 pounds? Yeah. So at that point I'd already lost it. So I'd lost the weight. Um, and even still after losing the weight, I just worked out as a hobby and, you know, did all of that, but that's kind of where that passion grew and wanting to share more. And that's when I started teaching fitness classes part-time, which eventually led to full-time. But when I started the Instagram account, I had already lost all my weight and became a teacher, a fitness teacher. And I think like at that point too, we, you know, I'd sat down with Katie and said, you know, she's like, she said she was teaching 15 in-person classes a week. And we were just going, wow, like there's a huge demand for her to teach, you know, her kind of really unique style of fitness. And we figured there's gotta be a better way to do this than her (laughs) running back and forth to the studio that many times during the week. And that's where we kind of looked at Instagram. And once those transformation photos went up, I think we were both pretty amazed at how often they got shared by other pages. And I think that's where we saw the opportunity to say, okay, like this is the way we could reach more people without having to do it in person. Like we can connect to them through Instagram. Yeah. I feel like transformation photos before and after things like that. I mean, that's just so shareable and it goes so viral. Oh, absolutely. And I think for me being having that on the other side of it, it's really amazing to look back and see, because I do think it's something so many women and men struggle with to like actually create that lifestyle and that have that be a change. So I think it was even more impactful that it wasn't like, Hey, a couple of months, here's a transformation. And who knows what has happened since now, when I started sharing them, it had already been like three years of having that weight loss maintained. (laughs) So it was a big. Okay. So by then you had already lost the weight. And then at this point you were just really into fitness and all that and sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so was it by sharing that before and after specifically that maybe made your account grow or you reached that wider audience or was there anything else going on? Yeah, I definitely think that that allowed it to be like a much reach a much broader audience than it would have at all before. And that kind of brought people in. And then from there, like really creating valuable content between like the workouts, the motivational quotes, like sharing recipes, that is what allowed people to continue to stay there and then want to share that, which of course, in turns, like increases the growth. Yeah, no, for sure. So you were teaching all these classes. So I'm assuming once you started teaching your classes in fitness, you stopped doing like your professional day job of teaching and all that. I kind of kept it for a while. But yeah, once I started teaching that many fitness classes Mm -hmm. and really realizing that that is where my heart was and my passion was, and clearly like teaching was something that was like, ingrained in me and in my blood and I loved, but this really allowed me to help women and help people that like I had a similar story to that I could relate to. And yeah, so that's kind of when that transition happened. Gotcha. And then you started your Instagram account. You got onto Instagram. Like you said, you're like hashtagging like crazy, trying to get your images and things out there. And then was there a certain point when you were at with your Instagram account, like a certain number of followers that it sounds like Ryan, you said that, oh, you know, we have an opportunity here to reach more of an audience. Where did that happen? You know, where were you in regards to followers and all that? Yeah, I mean, I can say that like Mm -hmm. when we looked at it and it started growing based on like the other pages that were sharing. And I think that was the key, you know, like for anyone looking to 
get exposure on Instagram and kind of grow their following. Like the key is getting, getting your stuff shared, right? Pages that are already out there that exist, that, um, that have great followings that them sharing you is so essential. And so, you know, when we started seeing that, like, I think once we built up to around 10,000 followers, we said, okay, like, you know, anything before that we were saying, you know what, it's like great that people were following it, but love. So fitness wasn't really fully developed at that point. It was just a hobby for Katie. And then once it hit 10,000, we thought, you know what, like this is something real and this could be like a career and could be a business. And, um, and I think at that point, like we really started to grind harder to get our content out there to more people, like share Katie's story with not just like on Instagram, but like media outlets as well, like trying to send the story to, you know, pop sugar and refinery 29s of the world and saying, Hey, like, would you guys do a write up on this? Um, and the, like the response was just really good. And I think like that was partially because of transformation and partially because the brand that Katie was trying to build, like it was never, it was, the page was never Katie Dunlop on Instagram. It, it was always love. So fitness. And, and I think that like means more to her and means more to me than just like, you know, her singular transformation. So I think that resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, that's great. And when you were kind of initially doing some of those photos and stuff, were you targeting very specific hashtags and very specific accounts? Yeah. I mean, at that time, you know, I even personally was new to Instagram. I had my own personal account that I didn't really use very much. So it was such a learning process for me. But then, you know, it was the fit fams and fitness and I don't know, there's so many. (laughs) I mean, I think like the key for us and for anybody was like, there was a lot of pages who were open to sharing it or like we felt like if we sent them it, they'd probably share it. But I think the one thing we did do is whether it was hashtags or pages that we try to share with, they were all female driven, yeah. like mm-hmm. big female audiences. Cause we knew that like Katie's story resonates with other women and mm-hmm. the people that she wants to help are women. So there's a lot of fitness pages out there that are probably, they probably post a lot of women, but they're more targeted towards men. Yeah. And just made it a point to avoid those because it's just not our audience. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't so much about the sexy fitness shot. It was really more (laughs) about the learning and how to and inspiring and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people like potentially go wrong there because they think like, I mean, there's always the old adage, right? Like any publicity is good publicity or any news is good news. But like in our case, like we didn't really believe that was true. Like Mm -hmm. if we don't reach our audience, like it just doesn't accomplish the goals because if we ended up with 50% of a male following, then what we're trying to accomplish now makes it way, way harder and it's just not worth it. I 100% agree. I mean, you have like a very specific audience, a niche, a goal in mind, and it just, you don't want a following just to have a huge following. You want a very targeted following. Yes, absolutely. And you know, there's moments where that's hard and can be frustrating because there are other, like, if I just wanted to grow that following fast, there's definitely ways you can do that. But mm-hmm. for us, it's been so important because at the end of the day, like our one and only goal is to help inspire women to live healthy, balanced lives and to help them do that through the workouts and nutrition. And so like, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And those are the people that I want following me and part of this community. So it might be a little bit slower, but <laughs> worth it. Yeah, totally. And so Ryan, you mentioned that you reached out to media outlets like Pop Sugar and all that. Did you guys get any traction there? We did, yeah. And that was probably like a little bit down the line, maybe a year after we had kind of started yeah. the Instagram. But yeah, we got shared on Pop Sugar, Pop Sugar Fitness. That was the big they one. did, yeah. That was the biggest, I think, boost for us. We had just recently launched our first website. 
And so that was really awesome to see that growth across like the website and Instagram. They, they did like a full story on Kitty's transformation and like what Love So Fitness was about. And it was an amazing write up by one of their writers. And it got shared like, I mean, I can't even, I don't know, we can go back and look, but <laughs> tens of thousands of times and just so many views and comments and likes, I mean, and good and bad, right? Like people like think it's really motivational people, you know, of course there's going to be people that don't like what you put out there, but yeah. overall it was super positive and it drove like a ton of attention. That's so awesome. And so how did you get connected to pop sugar? Like if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, how do I get connected to them? Or how do I share my story with a media outlet like that? You know, for us, it was literally like searching every possible person you could find that worked there and emailing. I mean, it's literally like old door to door sales, like just cold calling until someone would listen. Yeah, the, the, the pop sugar writers might hate us for this. We're, we're really close with them right yeah. now. So whatever. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that we've found and like up until pretty recently, we still had to do this is. Like you can search, you know, Instagram or search Twitter for LinkedIn. Yeah, even LinkedIn. Yeah, for the company name. And you kind of got to do a little bit of stalking. But at the end of the day, like if you have something great to share, like these people's job is to share content, right? Like that's what they want. That's yeah. what they're looking for. And if you can make their lives easier by giving them a piece of content that is going to do well, like most of the times they appreciate it. And yeah, you know, sure, there's a lot of people that don't don't respond. Like they're super busy or they just aren't interested. But you know, you got to hustle that you got to really like, it's like, that's yeah, cold calling almost. Yeah, definitely. I know that, you know, come working, you know, in, in PR and all that, you have to take on that role of just a numbers game and reaching out to as many people as you can and hoping somebody will find the story. Cause if you get, yeah. you know, like a pop sugar or Buzzfeed or somebody like that to write about you, like you said, it, it can be a little bit of a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Did you find that with, in this case, is that where you kind of had a tipping point for your content for your Instagram? I don't know if you had started your YouTube at that point, but did you see like a significant growth from that write up? Yeah, there definitely. I mean, that's probably that week was and month was the highest numbers ever. Like at I that think, time, I for... think they crashed our site actually. Oh, they did. You're yeah, right. oh, we wow. weren't like, yeah, we weren't like we weren't really savvy at the time. Like we put the blog up, and it was just like a really simple blog at the time, and uh, like we certainly weren't prepared from a server aspect. And so they put that article up, and it crashed the site. So yeah. wow. a couple times. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a huge tipping point. And I think that was one of those moments where it really like confirmed what I was feeling, what Ryan had been trying to inspire and motivate me to do. And I think that really allowed us to kind of go to the next level. And soon after that is when we started the YouTube channel and started really trying to figure out how to continue to grow across different platforms. Okay. So why don't we talk about you know, then now your YouTube channel. So you were doing Instagram and you got some success. And then from there, you decided to start your YouTube channel. So why YouTube? Why at that point when you started that you did start it? And how did you transition, you know, from your Instagram to your YouTube? Obviously, you're still doing both. But yeah, how was that transition? Yeah. So for me, you know, it really came down to finding like what I excelled at, like, where was I my best? Like I could share photos all day long. I could share motivational quotes. But for me, like teaching was really my passion and where I felt like I could have the biggest impact. And so the easiest and best way to be able to do that is in video format. And YouTube was a perfect platform. So that's kind of where the inspiration started to mm -hmm. begin the YouTube channel. And then the challenge was trying 
to now grow that. So we had had some success on Instagram and then trying to figure out now, how do we translate that? How do we move people? We don't want them to leave Instagram, but how do we move them over to YouTube as well and share this? So at that time I started doing two week, 14 day challenges. So every month I would have a 14 day challenge that was based off of YouTube videos I did. So maybe the challenge was a booty challenge and we do a bunch of booty videos for that month. And the way I did it was I'd promote it on Instagram. They'd sign up for my newsletter and then they'd get the special calendar. It was a printable calendar through my newsletter that took them to the YouTube video. So it kind of forced everyone to go across platform. Well, it didn't force them, but it gave them a great opportunity to go mm-hmm. across the different platforms. And they had to touch all of those points to be a part of it. And that was a huge success because people love a quick challenge. And it was a really approachable, attainable goal in those 14 days to be able to do a video every day. How many followers did you have on Instagram when you started your YouTube? I mean, probably not even a hundred. Yeah, probably not oh, even okay. a hundred thousand, yeah. like, like less than a hundred thousand, I think when we start, first started the yeah. 14 day challenges. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you started a YouTube channel, you had said the end of 2015. Yeah. And then really like the last year, maybe year and a half has been when we've been fully like a new video every week, if not more like really fully committed to YouTube. Yeah. Like once Katie like switched to full-time loves with fitness, cause mm-hmm. she was still teaching a lot. And, and I think a year ago, yeah, it was only a year about ago. a year ago, a little more, maybe she switched to full-time loves with fitness. That's when we said like, okay, we can commit to like one video a week, every single week, every single Monday, we're going to put out a new video at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And that's when like, we really saw the change in YouTube because like sending our followers from Instagram was huge. Like that strategy of giving them some free content that requires them to go to YouTube that paid off big time. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, I think the discoverability that's built into YouTube, that's just not there with Instagram. Like we're the most popular video still today that we have is Katie's or like almost our original video of Katie's weight loss story. Mm-hmm. We made that like over two years ago, but it still gets insane traffic and insane hits. And like, if you think about the Instagram post, like the first one we ever put up, like Nobody will ever see that again. Nobody sees it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny because I almost feel like before it was easier to grow faster on Instagram because they didn't have the algorithm. It was very more innocent in a way. It was like, you know, you uploaded your photo and pretty much all your followers would see it. Now it's definitely not like that. And I feel like there was like a golden age of Instagram where if you were on there and you were really taking it seriously, you really reap the benefits. But I do feel like based upon my personal experience and my experience working with people that it's, it's just a lot harder now these days to get discovered on Instagram. Like you talked about too, like being rediscovered and reposted and all that. Now it's like, there's accounts that want you to pay money for that. And it's just like, it's just changed a little bit. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. I mean, I think that we saw that we kind of came in early enough in the Instagram world that it was a lot easier to get discovered and shared and people were more just collaborative in that way. And I think, and without the algorithm and now definitely is slowed down. It's harder. I mean, it's just, you know, to me, it's like simple economies of scale, right? Like there was less people at the time and not just less people on Instagram, but less people with accounts that were interested in getting people to follow them. And so when you have less accounts, you come across somebody like us and you're like, this is like, wow, this is like super unique. I don't have many pages I'm following like this now. After people have been on Instagram for so long, they might follow 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 fitness pages by this time. And there's less, you know, while there's still growing user base, 
there's less, I think, of a younger demo that's jumping on and that's looking to actively follow and participate in pages. So I think that just inherently is going to slow it down. But you're right. I mean, when we used to get shared on big aggregator pages, it could flood in hundreds or thousands of followers in a day. Now the same page shares you. I mean, maybe it's 100 followers, a couple hundred followers. So it's, it's certainly changed. I do have to say the one thing that if I were to think of a benefit of that, the only thing is that it's like really forced and challenged me and us to be more creative in the content mm. that we're putting out there because you have to have really good content and something that stands out and is unique now. Whereas before, like your content could be fine. And because there was less people and you know, all of that, it was a lot easier to get that engagement. Now it is really like, you just have to have really good content, yeah. which is good. good point. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point that you make. And also, especially the point about now there's more accounts that are wanting followers, whereas, you know, before people were on Instagram, more about just as a social media thing, sharing photos with friends and all that. And there were a few people that popped up that were kind of using it as a business, using it as a way to become a personality and become a figure on Instagram. But now you're right. There's so many people that want that same goal. And it's like almost like the majority of the people that you see on Instagram now are brands and people that are trying to be Instagrammers. Yeah. I mean, everyone, even just mm -hmm. like your, uh, like your friend's little brother wants to be right. like yeah. the next Instagram thing. And so, yeah, I mean, it just, it saturates it. But to Katie's point, like, I don't think that should discourage anyone from joining Instagram or especially not joining YouTube and like trying to do something because like, while it has grown and changed, like to Katie's point, if you create unique, awesome, like valuable content, like I think people don't, I don't know that people like understand enough when like people say, well, make valuable content or make like really good content. I think like, it's easy to say like, oh, sure. Like I can make good content. But for us, like we look at our Genesis from like the early days of Love, Sweat, Fitness to now. And like, we laugh at ourselves. We're like, wow, like we created some really bad content. <laughs> like, it, like it worked at the time. And so I think that's like the point everyone should know. Like you don't have to have amazing, crazy equipment to like get started. Like you, we started on our iPhones and like knowing virtually nothing about creation of photos or video, but like it's to constantly be developing those skills. And I think the audience that you have will appreciate that and they'll respect it and they'll say like, okay, like we want to come along for the ride. Yeah. And I do think too, if, if you are looking to get started now, the faster that you do ramp up, the faster that you do figure all that stuff out, just the better, the better off you are in regards to being competitive and gaining a following. Yeah. And there's so many resources to like, mm -hmm. to get it. Like, I agree with you. Like you can do it pretty quickly. Like if you're determined and you're focused, yeah. like you can get pretty good, pretty fast. Oh yeah. Totally. Like you said, if you're determined and you're focused, and I think the third part is if you have the time, because it yeah. takes so much time, <laughs> so much time, mm -hmm, then you can do it. You can totally do it. And that's why I have the podcast. That's why I'm doing this because people do it all the time. And it's just great to share those stories. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for anybody that's out there, like considering getting started and feeling like, well, I have like a normal nine to five, like I don't have time to do this. Like what I would tell you is Katie always, like she said, always had another full-time job when she started Love So Fitness. I always had a full nine to five, you know, eight to five job and I still do. So, and, and I work on this with Katie like at nights and on the weekends. And so like anybody who thinks like, just cause you have a full-time gig, you can't get going. Like that's not true. You can, you just have to like carve the extra time out and it's going to be some late nights and long weekends, but 
like if you want to do it, you can, and it's worth it. Totally. So the other question that I always ask people that come onto the show is, was there any kind of a tipping point for, let's say, Love Sweat Fitness in general, whether it's a YouTube or the Instagram, where it was either maybe a share or collaboration, a specific video or post that kind of took you guys to that next level? You know, I mean, I think kind of like when we mentioned like the pop sugar in the early days, that definitely was a big like boost at that time. But it's I, hard. What were you I was going to say, I think like the My Story, like Katie's My Story YouTube mm-hmm. video, like that video, like I said, it still is an audience builder for us today. Like it gets so much traction to it. So I think like that's been a big one. And then more recently, like when she said, like, kind of like how we changed our YouTube strategy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like, the YouTube strategy early days, like for us started off as like the, my story video was the really only the vlog, the only vlog style video that Katie did. Mm-hmm. And it was all workouts like, and which is great. Cause that's like our core and our mm-hmm. foundation. But like, I'd say in the last like six months to a year, we really like heard our audience loud and clear saying we want more lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We want more tips. We want more recipes. We want more like you in front of the camera talking to us. And so we started doing like routine videos, like Katie's morning routine, nighttime routine, healthy recipe videos. And some of those, like they were game changers for us. Like they went off the charts. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I first, you learn so much as you go through the process and, and that's, it's part of the growth and it's good. And at the end, it's hard to deal with sometimes as you go through it. But I think that going into it, like my goal was like fitness, like I'm going to share these workouts and I'll share, you know, recipes, but at the end of the day, I realized like there's so much more and having gone through that journey on my own, there's so much more that goes into it and really trying to help women find that balanced lifestyle. And so realizing that not everyone's going to want to do a workout every day and they do want to see like what your day-to-day life looks like and how you manage other things. They want to see what's in your closet and all the things that I never even would have mm-hmm. considered in the beginning, like why anyone would care about that side of me. Um, or things I've learned have been such an impactful part for not only like the community and the numbers obviously growing and those videos get such good views, but also just for like me opening it up to the community and them getting to know me better and really cultivate that relationship that otherwise like they like my workouts, we had fun together, but they would have missed out on that side of me and the community. Yeah. And I think it's also an important lesson in listening to your audience and what they're asking for. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, we kind of tried to put it aside for a little while, but eventually we said, okay, like, cause we, we sit down like basically often, but do really big, like planning at the mid year and at the end of the year. And it was during, you know, one of those meetings between Katie and I over like a long weekend, we sat down and we said like, okay, what, which videos are doing the best? What are we seeing the most in comments? Like, what are people asking for? And once we wrote it all down, we were like, whoa, we're, we're missing some serious stuff here. And then we said, all right, let's just flip it on and let's, let's do a couple different things. And we were shocked. Like we were amazed at how much it, uh, how much changed the game. And I think like, I think it goes, speaks to listening to your audience and then also being willing to step outside of your comfort zone. Because for Mm -hmm. me, like as funny as it sounds, because I'm in front of the camera once a week, if not more, I was so comfortable teaching, but for me to like sit and just talk to the camera or talk about the clothes I bought or anything like that was really uncomfortable for me in the beginning. And so kind of forcing myself through that and to practice it and do it. And, you know, with practice, it becomes more comfortable. Now I love it, 
but I was pushing it to the side, even though people wanted it because I was like, Oh, it's not really my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And I think I really like what you said, Ryan, because if nobody's ever said this before, and I think it's actually a really, really good tip is to do those check-ins like twice a year, do a six month check-in, do an end of the year check-in and look at your entire channel. Look at the, I mean, it's one thing to like, look at the analytics day to day and all that, but look at everything as a whole and look at like, okay, let's see like the past six months or the past year, like what videos did really well, what didn't, I'm assuming that's kind of what you guys do in these check-ins. It is. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, I think people, to your point, I think people look at the analytics and they go, like, you can, YouTube gives amazing tools. Like I'm thoroughly impressed by their suite of tools that they give you. And if you don't use them, like, you know, shame on you, like you should. But at the same time, like, I think people also forget, like at some point, especially where we are in the journey with Lost of Fitness, like we're not creating content for ourselves. Like Katie's not creating these workouts for her. Like we're creating them for the community. And if the community tells you, we want to see something else. We want to see something slightly different. Like you have to listen to them because at the end of the day, like, I think a lot of people get caught up in like, well, I'm going to make what I want to make. And like, yeah, like you have to do what you're passionate about and like never create anything that's not your passion. That's not your love. But if those things don't align with your audience, like there's a disconnect and you got to bridge that gap somehow. So like, I don't think we were in a situation where we were disconnected. I just think our audience wanted more and that's a great place to be. But it's only a great place to be if you listen to them. Yeah, totally. So let me try to kind of go back to like where the timeline and all that. So you said that you had started your YouTube channel and then you said like, well, after about a year of doing your YouTube channel is when you decided to kind of take it to that next level or you said you changed your strategy a little bit, being really consistent and all that. Yeah, we had been doing the videos like when we could okay. because I was like still working full time. Ryan's works full time. And so it was kind of like yeah. it's still a hobby at that point. And we were trying to do the challenges. So we do them occasionally and when we could. But yeah, it was about after a year of that that we're like, okay, like this is growing. People are liking it. Um, this is a great opportunity to continue to grow, you know, our ever the entire community. And so that's when we kind of buckled down or like at least once a week, we've been doing a little bit more than that, which is great. Yeah. And like you asked too, for like, was there like a tipping point or something we did that like really helped like YouTube move and take off for us. And now that we're almost like 200,000 subscribers and like, I feel like yesterday we got our hundred thousand play button and now we're like talking about going over 200, but it was like yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I think one thing that we both noticed and like, I'm not professing to know the inside and outs of the YouTube uh, algorithm, but I think like we have been fortunate enough to develop a really cool relationship with the YouTube team and like done a lot of great like learnings and workshops with them. And I think that they've kind of maybe I'll say wink, wink, nod, nod verified to us. And in these trainings that posting regularly on a, like a consistent basis, like we started doing weekly and especially like once you hit certain milestones, like I felt like personally just looking at the numbers when we hit 10 K on YouTube, which is, it sounds like a lot, but it's really not that many. So 10,000 on YouTube, and we were posting on a regular basis, we saw our like growth rate really pick up. I mean, it was almost automatic. And I, I think like there's something in that algorithm or something on YouTube side that says like, when you're posting that regularly, like you're committed to our platform. And I think like there's gotta be something that triggers there because it really was a huge step up for us. And you can also think of it as like, when you're doing that, you're buying YouTube real estate, like not without paying, but you're essentially like, putting an investment in YouTube real estate of advertising. And so the more advertising and real estate you have out there, AKA videos, 
the more chances people are going to find you. Yeah, it was that. And then it was one of our first vlog style, like, or like first, like kind of lifestyle videos when we did our very first morning routine. I think we were at like, maybe we'd grown to 40,000 at that mm. point. And that video got picked up. And since then, like, you know, again, it's like finding those videos that people want to see and without an algorithm, uh, really started like picking up like crazy. Yeah. With YouTube, I mean, you're not the first person to say this. And I have a lot of people that come on and they tell me, you know, they have good relationships with YouTube because you have, you know, you get your assigned your YouTube manager and all that yeah. stuff. And it seems like it's like a consistent theme where the YouTube is really wanting the people that are on YouTube to be consistently uploading yeah. onto YouTube. And, and they don't, it's from my understanding, they don't seem to care like what day you do it. They just, and it doesn't have to be like the same days every week. It's just that you need to be consistently uploading, say, you know, yeah. two videos a week or two to three videos a week. And that's what they're looking for. And then that even, like you said, it triggers something and even helps boost some of your older videos. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, I think for us too, like Katie mentioned, like those routine videos, like we'd never thought to done to do those before, but like when you first page search results and on a topic mm -hmm. like morning routine, like you get a lot of exposure, mm -hmm. but like what I think what we both figured out is like what we'd encourage anyone trying to do YouTube. Cause there's so many people out there to tell you, go find like popular YouTube video styles. Right. And that's like morning routines, mm -hmm. hauls, like things like that. Go find those and just do them. And like, to us, like that was like the completely wrong way to do it. Like we weren't just going to like put that together. Like we decided you have to, like for us, we had to put our own twist on those videos. So like Katie's routines are designed to be like healthier for you routines. Like we weren't just going to do a standard routine of like, okay, you wake up, you brush your teeth. Like, no, like Katie throws things in there, like using apple cider vinegar shots in the morning, like things that are going to actually be new, different and useful. So it's not enough just to go like, copy a format that's working, you should look at that as like a good way to get exposure. But what are you going to do to make it unique? I think that's what moved our video up to the first page. And like what's kept a bunch of our videos on first pages is because they're just different. They're not the same. Like you can search hall and you'll find a million different halls, but are you going to find like a budget friendly fitness fashion hall? Like mm -hmm. probably less of those. So find the big topic and then create like your own space inside that. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good tip, especially create your own version of it with your yeah. niche in mind, like with your totally. audience in mind. Because I did, I watched that uh, that morning and nighttime routine video, and I thought it was smart how you guys labeled it, you know, morning, you know, healthy morning routine and all that. So it's it's exactly what your audience wants. And if your audience is going to click on that video and more of your subscribers are going to click on that video, that also sends a message to YouTube. Oh, this video is popular. Let's kind of boost it a little bit also. Yeah, For totally. Sure. Mm -hmm. So when you decided to be more consistent with YouTube and you started to see that change and you started to see that growth, were you at that point went from, did you just go from kind of sporadically uploading to just doing it once a week or were you doing it more than once a week? No. So we're still doing it for sure. Once a week, every okay. Monday. Um, and that's been since that point. Um, but now like as often as we can, we've been trying to do more than once a week. Um, but we have on our schedule, like once a week. And then we recently, this summer decided to start adding more regular vlog content in it where it's like totally outside of just the fitness space. So we did our Greece travel vlog was like really the first mm. main one that we did. We did a couple smaller ones, but then we have the second part of that coming up next week and we're doing throughout the summer and then hopefully beyond summer, like once a week, 
an additional video that's going to be that vlog style of just like kind of traveling around adventures, like day in the life type stuff. And then, um, next starting on Monday, we're doing a big Lorna Jane, um, summer shape up series. So we're collaborating with them and we have two videos going up every week for that. Oh, wow. That's great. And those are going on your channel or their channel? It's going on my channel. So it's a four week summer shape up series. It's a free series where there's blog content posted on lovesweatfitness.com. And then it'll be two new videos every week. And then there's written and GIF format workouts on the blog as well as like new recipes. And so it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. They're a cool partner. We did it last year with uh, Fabletics and and that Mm -hmm. was a great series and super popular because people like being able to have like multiple new fresh videos every single week to work out to. Yeah. And, uh, and so we, we kind of take it to the next level this year and decided to partner with Lauren Jane, who's been a great friend to us, and then also Vital Proteins to do some recipes. And so it's been cool creating it and we're yeah. excited to let everyone see it. That's amazing. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about those partnerships. So I'm assuming you guys don't, do you have any other person that works with you guys, like a manager or something like that? No, no. Well, okay. We have uh, an intern yeah. uh, named Emily. She's actually our team LSF lead. So she's like really focused on helping like the community and making sure like if anybody has questions on Instagram and like keeping them motivated, sharing their progress. Because we started a team LSF page on Instagram just recently to really share more of the community. So that's just at team LSF, which is what uh, our community calls themselves. <laughs> and so we have her and then we just actually hired a PR agency this month. So we have a PR team that's working with us as well. But no manager and all brand collabs, those all just go straight through us. So then how did you get connected to Safe Athletics, Lorna Jane, Vital Protein? Did they find you guys? Did you reach out to them? Or how do those relationships start? You know, it's kind of been a combination of what you said. So through the years, like we've been very fortunate where we've been approached by a lot of brands um, that have found us through Instagram or YouTube. And then there's ones where we go back to the like knocking on doors and being like, hi, (laughs) I love your stuff. I'd love to work with you. So Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely been a combination. Lorna Jane, that was one that they approached us like last year or so. Yeah. A year or so ago to do a couple of things with them. And then it's kind of just grown into a great friendship with their different brand management and Lorna Jane herself. And it's been Mm -hmm. really cool. That's awesome. That's super cool. And what about Fabletics and Vital Proteins? Um, there, I don't remember how those ones started. I mean, I think most of them are similar. I mean, we get, I don't even know the number of brand emails we get, uh, every day, every week, every month, like it's, you know, Mm. monthly it's hundreds and like Katie's super picky. I mean, she, Mm. uh, like I've been very proud of that, like from our side, because like, it's so tempting with, there's a lot of money out there with the the brands that want to work with people. Mm -hmm. But like for us, like love sweat fitness is the most important brand. And so like, if we can't stay true to who we are, then like, what are we doing? Right. So uh, Katie's made like great, like principles for us on who we'll actually work with. And so like companies like that, like they've been kind of the few, the ones we actually say like, yeah, they align with our missions and goals. I think that's really great. And it's just great to have that as part of kind of your overall business plan as well. Yeah. So the next question I always ask people is what are you struggling with when it comes to being an influencer or your YouTube channel? You know, I think honestly, at this point, it's really just time. (laughs) Like there's, there's so much I want to do and so much I need to do. And, you know, trying to continue to grow the community and grow those relationships with the, you know, with different brands and different partners. And 
provide more opportunities for the community to continue to grow and experience new things. And being a one and a half (laughs) person show, it is very challenging to be able to do all of that. And there's only so much time in every single day. So I think being able to, you know, the time management part has been a lot easier. Like I've gotten that part down, but there's just not enough time right now to do it all. (laughs) And I mean, we purposely decided to, you know, like keep the business 100% owned uh, by us. And like, we, you know, haven't taken on any investment, we bootstrapped everything like, but now that you know, like, we've been really fortunate that the community has been super excited about the when we launched the Katie's workout guide and meal plan, the hot body sweat guide and hot body meal plan back in January this year, you know, that's given us the ability to like, do things like bring on a PR agency to spread the word about love so fitness and bring on our intern and hopefully like another employee very, very soon. But I think, yeah, like to Katie's point, when you want to do it yourself, you want to keep it all in house and you bootstrap it, like time becomes your biggest enemy. And I would agree. I mean, it's a challenge to get it all done uh, right now. Yeah, time is hard. And especially being an influencer on YouTube, on Instagram. I mean, YouTube itself is so much work just to even put one video up a week. I mean, it takes yeah. so much time preparation, especially if you're doing it right, Yeah, you know, with the lighting and the filming and the editing and all that stuff. And then plus, it sounds like you have a bunch of other, um, in addition to sponsorships you're doing, you're, you're working with, you're doing other types of programs uh, as part of your business model. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my hot body sweat guide and meal plan, like those are the biggest things. And you know, those in and of themselves between me writing them and getting them designed were like a year and a half in the making and, and then continuing to build like from there, like version two of that guide. And we're looking at an app development coming up in the near future. You know, there's just, there's so many different pieces. I know I'm like, can I say that out loud? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different pieces to it. And I love that. I think that that makes love seven is very unique because it is, it's more than just like somewhere you go to get workouts. It is this overall like lifestyle, health, fitness. I mean, now beauty, skincare, all of those different aspects into it, but finding time to manage it all. And and I think really important for us too, is like all of the, the things that, you know, obviously drive revenue into our business that help us like keep this thing going and and grow it. Like those are all super important. But then we also have like, we have a really robust free content element to this as well. Like YouTube's obviously a huge part of the free content, but it doesn't stop there. Like the summer shape up series that we're doing, that's a hundred percent free content. Like we're just putting that out there for the community to be able to have and like better themselves. And that's the written workouts and the recipes on the blog. And you know, and beyond uh, that, we do the daily workouts yeah, for free every day. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. daily workouts on lovesofitness.com every single day for free. So like having a, having a revenue driving strategy and a free content strategy by far, like for us, cause we're focused on community building. Like we want our community to like feel appreciated as much as we feel they appreciate us. That's been super important, but it also takes a heck of a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. I almost think like in this day and age, you can't just come up and have, you know, hey, I'm just, I'm going to sell these programs and this and that. You have to have an element of free content. Like I just don't even think yeah. you can have that success without having, like you said, like a robust library of free content that you're constantly coming out with. Absolutely. Unless you have a ton of money, right? right. Like you're just going <laughs> to like 
blow yeah. millions on advertising, then sure. I mean, yeah, I guess you exactly. do that, but uh, we don't have that. And most people probably listen to the podcast don't have that. No. So, And we built Love Sweat Fitness on providing free content. Like that's what it was built on. And so these guides that I created are like next level guides. Like if you want to take your health and fitness to the next level and really find change and have a day by day laid out step-by-step program, like that's what those are for. But I never want to dismiss like that there's a huge population in my community that either can't afford to right now is just looking for the free content. Like I want to be able to provide something for everyone that comes. Well, and it's so important too, because like, I think something most people get tripped up on when they say like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own business. They're like, okay, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to immediately start trying to make money. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's everyone's goal. Like people want to make money. I think where we differed from the beginning and we still differ today is like our number one priority has never been and it is still not today to make money. Mm-hmm. Our number one priority is to help people. And we didn't make, Love Savinas didn't make money for the first year and a half. Like yeah. we made zero dollars and probably lost a lot of money. <laughs> but um, buying equipment. <laughs> yeah, like buying equipment and, and ramping up. But like I think people should know like, that's okay to do. Like don't worry about that. Like it'll come. But if you provide value first, like I think people say like, I trust you, I can get an idea of what you're about. And then if you have a product that is different and next level, like Katie said, then they're willing to make that investment and support you. And I mean, we see people all the time, like they're happy they're supporting Love So Fitness because they appreciate the whole picture, not just the one thing they bought. Totally. So when did you decide to come out with these programs? Um, So actually, like I decided to do them probably about six months after we started Love Sweat Fitness. Mm -hmm. But it's such an intense process, like writing the entire thing. So, um, gosh, like, I guess it, I mean, almost like a two year process from beginning to end to when we finally launched them. Yeah, I don't think we knew like early on, like, could we, could we actually pull this off? Like, could we put together an ebook? Could we get it designed? Cause like, we, I think we always like everything we do, we say like, it's better to have, have it done than be perfect. Like, I think we subscribe to that philosophy for mm-hmm. sure. But at the same time, like, if you're going to put something out into a space like the fitness industry, like it better be really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. And so we had to look at all everything else that's out there and, and say, how can we provide something different, better, more exciting that people can buy? And even if they have another fitness guide, like I would say anybody who's bought Katie's guide would say it's different. Like it's, it's just, it's different. We think it's better, but <laughs> at the end of the day, like at a minimum, it's different than any other guide you have. It offers things that other guides don't. And so even if you have one, like, you'd still be making a good investment in yourself because you're getting something totally different. But that takes that takes time to create that. Yeah, it definitely does take that time. Uh, and so w- how did you introduce it to your audience? Like, how did you let people know? And, and was there that response that you wanted? Yeah, I mean, there definitely was. I think early on when, you know, like anything creative, like you think it's going to be done at some point <laughs> and then it's not. And so... A lot of lessons learned through like when to actually announce something, but give graphic designers (laughs) plenty of time. And that excludes our current graphic designer. By the way, she's fabulous. (laughs) But um, past graphic designers, yeah, give them time. Um, so but you know, what was I asked answering? Oh, like how the response was. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, the response. So I, I started just talking about it like in posts and in some videos and you know, just in my like weekly newsletter, I send out like that this was happening and coming and that kind of built buzz around it that was maybe too long, but it was good. And then once I like launched them, the response has been absolutely amazing. Like even better because, you know, this goes back to what we're talking about with the free content. Like 
there was part of me that was a concern. Like everyone that knows loves up fitness is used to free content. So how are they going to react? Like, exactly. And how are we going to make it so that we can really differentiate like why they should do this as well. Like why they need these guides in addition to the free content and how they can play together so that you can do both. And that was the challenge, I think. I think it was super important too. And like a strategy for like, not just for launching products, but strategy just for being able to, to sell your product is I'm sure you guys have talked about this a ton of times, but like really building an email list, like leveraging Instagram, leveraging YouTube to build our newsletter list has been so key because we see a majority of our sales generated off of our emails. We haven't done any advertising yet. Yeah, like we haven't done any Facebook ads. We haven't done any, like we we intend to, but we just haven't because the response in our community has been so overwhelmingly awesome. But that's a testament to being able to communicate via email. I think the other thing that worked for us too, especially at the launch was, live like, like live stream we use live stream kind of sparingly now katie was one of the i think one of the first or early ones on periscope like she was nominated for periscoper of the year at the shorty awards when it like when that was like the first time the category ever came out but since then we really feel like if you can get on live like you can communicate and answer all the questions for your audience like we've seen people go from live and purchase directly like we created specific codes and tracking links and we know like that strategy works so I think, yeah, like being able to communicate beyond just an Instagram caption or a YouTube description, that was super key for that launch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting about Periscope. Are you still on Periscope? I'm not, no. (laughs) Yeah, the quality of uh, viewers there, I think, uh, went downhill a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And now you've got, you know, YouTube, Facebook, everybody else doing the whole live thing too. Yeah, absolutely. It's been better on other platforms, but I think like, yeah, the challenge is certainly like there's a high creeper population. So. <laughs> totally. On Periscope, oh my God, oh 100% God. Yeah. that there is. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, we're going towards the end of the interview, and this is the bonus round. Ooh. And I basically ask the same questions to everybody that comes on the show. And so just kind of respond with your first thought. But the first thing is, this is kind of a fun one. And because you are fitness related, what are your three ride or die or holy grail fitness items that you can't live without? Ooh, um, a good sports bra. but specific though like a specific brand okay yeah um so i don't know exactly what the name is but i will do my best to describe it so it's a victoria's secret sports bra and it is the one that like has underwear and clasps and then zips up the front it's like locks you in that sounds nice okay yeah it's a really good one. I'll have to look on the <laughs> website and see, unless you're able to like figure it out and then you could always email me later because okay. I'll link everything in the show notes. And for those of you guys listening, the show notes for this episode are going to be beautyandthevlog.com forward slash love sweat fitness. So beautyandthevlog.com forward slash love sweat fitness. So uh, you, as you know, I'll have a whole write-up of this episode plus any links of stuff that we talk about. So that Victoria's Secrets bra... I want to check it out. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know the name of this bra. I feel like it's the knockout bra. Ooh. Probably right. I'm like, order this bra for me. I know. I've ordered a few fitness items <laughs> in my day. Anyways. Oh my God. Ryan for that's the win. Funny. That's hilarious. Okay. The knockout bra. Like Super funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love it. That. Okay. So we got the bra. Uh, what's number two? Uh, I mean, for me, just because it literally and it's literally what I do every single day still to this day is my hot body sweat guide. And 
it's so awesome because I can have it on my phone. I have it on my iPad. I have it printed at home too, but it's like, you don't need any equipment, which I think is the best part of it. Like I teach you how to use equipment. If you want to use it, I will add in weights if I'm at home, but it is like my go-to item that I have to have if it counts as an item. Oh my God. I need to try it after I have this baby. (laughs) (laughs) I need to do fitness things to get the baby weight off. I got you, girl. We'll do it. (laughs) I can answer Katie's third one just because I feel like this one has to be put in there is is leggings. Like Katie is notorious (laughs) for her really robust legging collection. Like if you go look at her videos, like there's so many comments (laughs) of like, oh my gosh, we love her leggings. And like the morning routine video we did, with Just the avocado? Of- Is that the avocado? Yeah. Ladies? Oh my God. <laughs> those are so funny. Where are those from? Okay. So those are gold sheep, okay. um, gold sheep clothing. And they literally have every type of legging pattern you could ever imagine. Like, I'm not joking. If you like, like galaxy cats or like <laughs> avocados or I don't know. Or if, have you happen, if you happen to like the Love to Fitness heart pineapple icon, oh, we that's have true. our own gold we have, sheep leggings. We have a collab with them. So we yeah. have our, our icon on a pair of leggings that we Wait, saw. Wait, what is gold sheet? Gold sheep, like. Uh, sheep. Uh, okay, gold, <laughs> gold sheep legging. So I will have a link to that. And if you, if, yeah, if you you could send me any specific links and yeah. I'll put it on the show notes. But I just love some fun leggings. That's good, baby, right? Yeah. And I did Google the bra. It is the knockout. I feel okay. really they're prouder. <laughs> you know, it totally makes sense because this is your world too. So yep. you might not be in front of the camera, but you definitely picked up a lot of things being behind it. So, okay. So the next question is kind of more technical. And I know Ryan, you're the one who said you handle this part. So what do you use to edit? What's your camera? What about lighting? And what about sound? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, when we started, we started shooting even our YouTube, like you can go I really Don't hope nobody actually. does this, but if you want a good <laughs> laugh, go back to the very first Love and Fitness YouTube video. It's still up and it was shot at the beach on an iPhone and like it, it worked, right? Like it totally <laughs> works and iPhones have gotten so much better. So like that can work, but our current setup. So we use two cameras. Our main shooter is a Canon 6D and we have a 24 to 70 Canon L series lens that we use on it. That's mind blowing. But um, another lens that I really like, by the way, especially if you're vlogging is the Canon 10 to 22 EFS. That's an awesome lens for vlogging, for wide shots. We shoot still to this day in a very small little office uh, that's in our house and you need a decently good sized wide angle lens to make that work. So we use that as our main shooter. And then we use a, um, a Panasonic G85. That's a really light mirrorless camera. That's our new vlogging camera. And I love it. It's uh, totally different than the Canon, but a great camera nonetheless. And then for sound, like I think sound is super important. Like, and I would hope if you watch our videos, people would say like our sound is pretty good. So we use just a you know really basic lapel mic that plugs into actually it's a wireless that plugs into the side of the camera. So I would say invest in a lapel mic because they're great. And then yeah, we just use two pop lights, uh, standard. You can get them on Amazon for you know maybe a hundred bucks for the kit. So we use two pop lights to light the room. When you say pop, do you mean umbrella lights or do you mean um, like the box locks? Okay, yeah. soft boxes. Okay. Two soft boxes. Like our room doesn't give us much availability to do like overhead lighting, which I would love to do, but we kind of go with what we got. So one light positioned a little bit lower uh, and the other light positioned higher to kind of get the full uh, coverage area on Katie when she's, uh, when she's in that small space. But um, we, yeah, we just use those two. And then for editing, we use uh, Final Cut Pro 10. I know some people like Premiere, 
YouTube team would tell you, use Premiere. But um, personally, I think Final Cut is really nice and easy. And if you have a Mac, there's certain features that just, especially if you're just starting off, like start with iMovie because it's free and it's totally similar to Final Cut. And then when you're ready to make the investment, bump up to Final Cut because it's definitely worth it. But um, yeah. So you only use the two soft boxes for lighting? You don't use anything else? No, we, I mean, we have like a light in the room that's on, but there's literally nowhere else to put a light. <laughs> and there's no natural, because your lighting's pretty good. There's no natural light at all? There's a window. So there's mm-hmm. some natural light depending mm-hmm. on the day. Yeah, there's some <laughs> natural light coming in. I think like the other thing, you know, that that really, if, if, if you're just starting off, or even if you're like been in this for a little while and you're trying to figure out like, how do I get better quality? Like, being able to master the camera settings in terms mm-hmm. of your ISO, your aperture, your shutter speed, like getting those right, you can you can do amazing things with lighting. So like, I think it's important to get a lens that allows you to go deeper, like down to like, a, like our lens is a 2.8. So like being able to shoot down at a 2.8, like stepping down to that opens up so much in terms of lighting. And then you don't mm-hmm. have to crank the ISO, you don't add all these extra lights. Like you want to, like, if you can light naturally first, like that's always the best way to do it. But yeah. if you can't, then finding settings in your camera that can allow you to get there, like you can, you can get halfway there with that. Yeah, that's true. Like a good, a good camera. Uh, definitely. And if you know what you're doing with, with that, then you can kind of play around with the lighting. And definitely invest in lens over camera. Like that's our belief. Like, really? Yeah. Like a Canon, like even like a T5i, like the Rebel series, like mm-hmm. those are great camera bodies. They're for perfectly suitable. Um, as long as they shoot full 1080, like that's perfectly suitable. Invest the money in glass because glass never is, is not going to die on you unless you kill it. And, uh, and that's where we saw the biggest bump in our quality is like when we went to uh, really stepped up in our lens, like we felt like, wow, that made a big difference, but ultimately it's composition of the shot and, you know, getting a better lens. Where did you learn about all this kind of technical stuff? Um, in the internet, <laughs> really. Like, yeah, that was a good part of it. And then I'd say like, you know, YouTube themselves has some really awesome resources, both online. So like if you go to their creator Academy, which anybody can go check mm-hmm. out, anybody can go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like there's some really great videos and they're robust series, like long stuff that you can go and, and really get a deep dive on how to do this thing. And then on top of that, like YouTube, like you mentioned before, they're great about embracing their creators and mm-hmm. they've been amazing to us and they've given us the opportunity and they give a lot of people the opportunity, no matter how big your channel is to go into a YouTube space. Like in LA, there's a YouTube space. There's one in New York and mm-hmm. Sydney and London, like going in there and doing some of their hands-on classes was really valuable, especially if you're just getting started, but ultimately you can find it all on YouTube. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next question. What would you not do again if you were to start all over? Ooh, that's so good. I would say, well, it's kind of a backwards way of answering this, but I would say we would not wait so long to get on YouTube. Yeah. Like, like if we would have started YouTube when we started Instagram, yeah. like, I don't even know what, what we, what kind of conversation we'd be having right now. It would have been totally different, I think. But I think like, that's like a, I think that speaks to like not waiting as long for anything, like just jump in, like jump in stuff you want to do. And I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? No, I agree. I was trying to think like, it's hard. Cause for me, I'm like, there's, there's plenty of little things here and there. I'm like, Oh, maybe like could have gone a different direction. But at the end of the day, like that's all part of that learning process. And I think the biggest is like your point is starting other stuff earlier. So there's not really anything I'd say, like I wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. because it truly has like shaped the brand to where it's at and helped me learn so much and going through the different like missteps that have happened. But if anything, yeah, I would definitely have 
done YouTube sooner. Yeah. Who would be your dream collaboration? Oh my gosh, your questions are so Ooh. good. <laughs> we're, we're over a hundred episodes, so I've had time to uh, really make them good. <laughs> Congratulations on that. That's, That's so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Gosh, I have to think of, like, I've like recently have done some really great collaborations on YouTube and Pop Sugar has been someone like as Pop Sugar Fitness that I've looked to work with for so long. And I've been fortunate to work with them in a lot of different ways, but just recently did a full like YouTube collaboration with them. So that was like, I mean, I feel like that was my long time, like, let's do this. And I need a new one. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty big one. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, like, I think that there's a ton of great YouTubers out there. Um, but like for us, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have no, I mean, I'm a big like YouTube nerd and I love Casey Neistat. So I'd like to like, I'd like to see Katie put Casey through a full workout because he's pretty ripped and, uh, and Katie's workouts like put me on the floor. So like, I would love to see some of like the, like the top YouTubers that are in good shape, like see if they can handle one of Katie's workouts. That would be fun. That'd be a fun <laughs> series. Yeah. What is the biggest mistake that you've made in this thing? You know, I think like, I think for me, like personally, like with the business, the biggest, if if you call it a mistake, like the biggest thing was there's kind of two is one, like we've talked about not jumping in fully and like questioning myself. And I think that the questioning, like if this was going to be like a full-time business or if this was just a hobby and being like afraid to really jump in in those early stages, whether it's a mistake or not, I just, it's one of those things that I still am like, ugh, like I wish I would have been just more like full throttle from the beginning. Um, if anything, you know, I think, and this goes back to like earlier days, but still with the business is like keeping, whether it's relationships, business partners, it could be brand collaborations. It can be anything keeping people or things that aren't serving your overall goal. Like we said, like we have a very specific goal with our community and like what, we want love sweat fitness to be and be about and keeping things that don't serve that around, I think can be really detrimental. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's for sure. And I also say like the one mistake, like I feel like we, we made a little bit and I feel like we've course corrected fairly quickly is like waiting to invest in your business. Yeah. Like once you realize it's a business, I think like it's scary. And, um, I think that there's a lot, there can certainly be a lot of reasons why not, but that goes from like, I wish we would have tried to hire a full-time employee a little bit sooner. Like I wish we would have got a PR agency like the first part of this year mm -hmm. or last year, you know, like I think those things are definitely areas I go like, man, looking back now, I wish we would have just made the move and it was probably a slight mistake to not, but as long as you recognize it and course correct, that's okay. But yeah, I'd, I'd say for me, that's, that's it. What is the smartest decision that you guys made in this uh, influencer journey? you know, from my perspective, I think the smartest decision was really putting that focus on YouTube because it's been the place where my community has been able to really connect with me as an individual, not just mm -hmm. as an instructor, not someone who's just giving them workouts, but really connect with me and get to know me on a different level. And that has been what's allowed the community to grow and really like become invested on different levels. And that's like irreplaceable for what we're trying to do. And to me, the like, kind of like, you know, similar to that is like how we communicate our message. And, and like we mentioned earlier, like the principles that we have for Love So Fitness that our community knows and believes in, like Katie does not promote 
like quick fixes, weight loss teas, like any of that junk, like we stay away from it and we speak out against it. Like we don't touch any of the pyramid schemes, like the beach bodies of the world. Like mm-hmm. we adamantly dislike those things and we don't want like people in our community to get like burned by them or get affected by them. Cause like it, it, it does it like, it's not positive in the industry out there. And so it's so easy. Like we've been approached so many times. It's so easy to get off track of that mission and just give in and be like, man, it'd be nice to, you know, get that free stuff or get that, you know, paid or whatever. But I personally just, I think the best decision we've made is just staying true to what we believe in and what the community values, because like at the end of the day, we're proud of that. And if nothing else works out, then like, we can be like, yeah, like we did the right things there and we were seeing the right stuff. So you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite video or the one that you're the most proud of? You know, although now like looking at it, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I wish I had like or I should redo it or something and update it. But I truly am most proud of my story video because that was so early on in Love Sweat Fitness. And I like I had mentioned, even until a couple months ago, still didn't like like just sitting and talking in front of the camera. So it it was really hard for me to sit there and open up. And so for me to be able to share that, and I think that it again is a way that people like can truly understand like what I went through and who I am and why I started Love Sweat Fitness and what this channel is about. And for me, there's like nothing more exciting than like having that video that people can like come to and the comments, like when you read through them and so many women saying how much it's touched them to like hear someone else's perspective and realize like it's helped them realize that it's not about what size they are or what numbers on the scale, but like how important it is to truly feel good about yourself from the inside out, whatever size that is for you. I think that's like been hugely inspiring to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely one of my faves. I mean, one of my recent favorites is definitely our new grease blog that came out like a month ago, just because like it was such a departure from the normal stuff that we do. Like we've done vloggy or trip style videos before, but there are more movies And so this one, we like made it a point to, you know, truly vlog our two weeks that we spent over there in Greece. And, you know, we added a drone to our repertoire. And uh, so I got to do some different stuff from a creative standpoint that I thought was really exciting. So for me, that video shows, I think, just a different side of Love So Fitness. And it opens up like the community to more like Katie, Katie and my relationship, like the things that we do, the way that we stay healthy on vacation. Like, I think it's just was like a cool, like different side. I love so fitness. So for me, I was, I'm pretty proud of that video. That's cool. We'll link those videos in the show notes, uh, beautyandthevlog.com forward slash love sweat fitness. Okay. What is your favorite opportunity that you got as a result of being on YouTube? Ooh, gosh, you know, it's hard. Like we've I've been so lucky. I feel like, especially in the last several months to have like a lot of really awesome opportunities, but I think the most recent one going back to the pop sugar is like getting to be like, not just we've done collaborations, like small ones before, but being able to actually lead a workout on their channel was really awesome. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. With Anna, like it was really cool. That was a cool one. And, yeah. and for me, like I thought the other really special one was like YouTube has like kind of a next up program where they pick like up and coming creators um, to, you know, help like elevate their channel and did like a, you know, they do like a week long workshop and they really like, they make an investment in your channel. And so when they selected Love So Fitness as one of those channels and they like, you know, they really recognize, I think the work that's been put in to me, that was like a really cool experience to like go to the next level with the YouTube team, learn from them. Um, you know, Katie spent a ton of time over there with them, like 
really understanding like every in and out of, of what YouTube is about. And then for them to invest in our channel to help make it better. I think that was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah what a cool crazy. opportunity. Yeah. All right. Last question. I feel like I could talk to you guys forever because you guys have so much <laughs> insight on this. But we got to wrap this up. You guys probably have things to do and we're well over our hours. So thank you for staying on and, and chatting. Absolutely. But this is uh, the last question. And and you guys could both answer because you both kind of contribute to Love Sweat Fitness. The question is, what is your superpower? And what that means is, what do you have that say you were born with or that it's just a natural ability? that you don't have to work for. It's just something that you're you're good at or something you love and that you feel that has contributed to your success. Yeah. So for me, I think that's teaching and being able to really make things approachable, um, especially when it comes to health and fitness and having gone through that journey on my own, like I know that it's more than just this physical thing. It's a very emotional thing as well. So I think my superpower would be like truly like being able to make fitness approachable and teach it in a way that allows like anyone to take part in it. That's awesome. Yeah. For me, I like I think the one thing that comes up, like especially in our like when we talk about Love So Fitness and Katie and I working on this together, I I would say, and Katie can either validate or deny <laughs> this, but I'd say like I see at least in our business, like my superpower is is communication and being able to, you know, communicate with kind of all the different sides of our business. But most importantly, like between Katie and I, because like a lot of people go like is it hard to run a business as, as a husband wife team? Like, is it hard to do this thing together? Like I would kill my spouse and, (laughs) and like, and like the greatest thing is like Katie and I don't have that problem. Like, yes, like it's been super trying to, I think, get to a point where we're easily can shoot videos and like do content together and like put our visions in the same plane and that they, they coincide. But I think like one thing I've developed is really getting a good skill for communicating as a couple and, and being able to do this thing together. And I think that's super unique. So to me, that's a superpower because I think most people would, would struggle with that. And it's so cool that you guys have this together. I think that's really, really neat. So now that we're at the end of the interview, please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your programs, whatever you want to promote. Just tell people wherever they can find you. I'm sure after listening to you guys, they want to check out your workouts and everything. So I know I do. So let them know where they can find you. Okay. So you guys can find me on lovesweatfitness.com. You can find everything with the free daily workouts, a hot body sweat guide and meal plan there. And then on Instagram, just at lovesweatfitness and youtube.com slash lovesweatfitness. So pretty simple. Love sweat fitness. <laughs> That's easy. So you guys got love sweat fitness for everything. That's so awesome when you can do that. Twitter and Snapchat. Uh, Those are the only we're, two. We're, we're one character too long. For, so. Yeah, let's what fit on those two, but yeah, for Twitter, I know I'm I'm one character. I'm like a couple characters too long for Twitter, so it's I have no, to shorten. It. I know. So, all right, Katie and awesome. Ryan, thank you so thank much you. for being on the show. You guys were awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, we appreciate it. it. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And if you enjoyed it and you got something out of it, help me get the podcast to the top 10 podcasts for business, for marketing, and leave a review on iTunes, share it in your YouTube videos, on your Instagram, tag me, and I will make sure to return the love as well. I love hearing how this podcast is affecting you, helping you with your YouTube channel, changing your life. I get emails and comments from that all the time. So keep them coming. And if you are looking 
looking to improve your YouTube channel, start your YouTube channel, make sure you sign up for the waitlist at ericavier.net forward slash bootcamp for my next bootcamp, which is going to be happening in 2019. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next Thursday. Mwah.